Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on the third day of the Untitled Art Podcast, live recording from Miami Beach at Untitled Arts 11th edition. I am Clara Andrade, the Director of Development and Programming at Untitled Art. I am thrilled to present Extending Opportunities Beyond the Fair, Establishing Art Fair Prizes, a conversation with selected premier prize partners at Untitled Art. As part of this year's first development and programming strategy, um, prizes are being awarded in support of exhibitors and artists. This initiative was launched in line with Untitled Art's commitment to establishing opportunities for collaboration and support of the larger art ecosystem beyond the fair itself. I am pleased to introduce today's speakers and moderator in this conversation with esteemed representative of selected premier prize partners of Untitled Art this year, which are Alice Gray Sites, Chief Curator for the 21C Museum Hotels, Jackie Herbs, Coordinator and Art Manager of CCA Andrax, and Derek Adams, Founder of the Last Resort Artist Retreat. In a conversation moderated by Sarah Arison, President of the Arison Arts Foundation and Chair of the Board of Young Arts. This dynamic panel discussion aims to shed light on the importance of generating support for exhibitors, artists, and the larger art ecosystem beyond the traditional fair model, and we'll discuss each of the panelists' individual missions and visions. I hand now the mic over to Sarah. Thank you again all, really, truly, thank you for your support and, and, and for also um, partnering with Untitled Art in this wonderful opportunity for our exhibitors and exhibiting artists. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you so much, Clara. And I want to thank everybody for being here attendees and panelists. I know we're all really well hydrated, really well rested, just fresh as daisies, ready to go. Um, so thank you, thank you for coming out. Um, I want to start by asking each of you to introduce yourselves and also talk about the missions and visions of the organizations that you work with just to get this conversation started. Uh, thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you all for being here. I'm Alice Grace Deitz. I'm the Chief Curator and Museum Director for 21C Museum Hotels. Uh, we are located in nine, soon to be 10 cities across the U.S. It was founded in 2006 by collectors and philanthropists Laura Lee Brown and Steve Wilson, whose visionary mission was to broaden the audience for contemporary art and create more opportunities for the public to experience contemporary art. Uh, each museum hotel has about 10,000 square feet of exhibition space, which we fill with solo and group exhibitions of contemporary art that is addressing what is happening in the, in the world from a global and honest perspective. The permanent collection to which we are happily adding from this year's Untitled Art Fair now is over 5,000 works of art in all media from sculpture, painting, photography to film, video, VR, AR, performance, installation, you name it. Uh, we are very committed to supporting emerging artists as well as established artists, which is why we love to come to art fairs like Untitled. In addition to the exhibitions, we commission permanent 
installations in each of the buildings, and we have a full roster of programming and cultural events that are all free and open to the public. Our exhibitions are free and open to the public as well and open 24-7. Thank you. Thank you. Derek? <clears throat> it's kind of early, but I'm, I'm going to push through it. Um, I'm Derek Adams, artist and founder of the Last Resort Artist Retreat which is the entity, one of the three entities under Charm City Cultural Cultivation. I founded in Baltimore City, my hometown. I'm based in Brooklyn, but in 2019, I decided to turn my attention outside of just my studio practice into my hometown and establishing first the last resort artist retreat as a place of restorative uh, um, benefits for creatives working in painting, sculpture, uh, literary, culinary, and other entrepreneurial practices that are rooted in creative outlet. Um, it was a desire uh, for me to kind of push some of the things that I promote in my artwork um, with ideas of leisure or normalcy within the Black experience. Um, in 2019, I decided to kind of make it into a real experience for people beyond the walls and the exhibition space. Uh, we're scheduled to open officially uh, in the spring of 2023. <clears throat> but um, for the past year, we've been hosting um, activations in the space, also allowing other grassroots organizations to use the space for their own uh, benefits, for you know brainstorming, other planning. It's really a social space that I'm really uh, excited about because it gives opportunity to people and access to people who would normally not have a space, a safe space to speak and talk about the things that they care about and also a time of reflection. So um, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to, again, talk more about what I have planned for the Last Resort Artist Retreat today. Okay, hi, uh, my name is Jackie. I come from CCA Andrach. Uh, that's a contemporary art center. We're located in Mallorca in Spain. And so we come from a little bit further from you. Um, we're a contemporary art center and also a resident, uh, residency for artists. So we host uh, four studios where we invite artists coming from all around the world. They stay for about a month in our studios. And um, yeah, and then with the works that they create during this day, we show in the exhibitions. We have two main exhibition spaces, a consale, which is uh, the, maybe, you, are you familiar maybe with the concept of consale in, in Spain? There's, is not so, so well known, this concept in which um, it's an exhibition space where you can have a little bit more of an experimental uh, court about it. And uh, then we have the gallery space, and that is uh, a commercial space. So we, we go through all the processes of the art. We go from the creation in the studios to the exhibition, to the diffusion, of course, and then uh, to the last uh, selling of the works. So that is how the program keeps uh, refunding itself. The artists stay for a month, they stay um, for free. And uh, then we sell the works that the artists have uh, made during their stay uh, in commission with the artists or by donation uh, from them. And that is how we keep on surviving. Um, we've, uh, it was founded 20 years ago, more or less, by a Danish couple of uh, gallerists. Uh, they decided to make a place where artists could come and just um, retreat as well. And uh, yeah, so our, over the past 20 years, more or less, we've, uh, we've hosted about 750, 800 artists coming from 30, 30 countries. Um, 
and uh, we're excited to be part of uh, Untitled this year or to collaborate with Untitled as, um, as we think, taking from the conversation from the panel before, they were talking about um, how art is connecting people and uh, they were talking about virtual reality and uh, one of the focuses was also how to connect with people. So we believe that, uh, I'm going to take that sentence of course, but uh, we believe that um, CCA is a place for connecting. So it's four artists coming every month. They stay together. They are, uh, the center is located in the middle of the mountains. So we invite these artists to relax down, to get, a, I mean, to get um, just maybe like you as well, no? to get uh, a sense of uh, shelter in a way, but also uh, a place where they, can, uh, they are invited to experiment, to be free in a way, to, to take the time that they are at CCA in the way that they believe can be more beneficial for their work. So, um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not going to advance much more, but more or less, that's it. Uh, that's about CCA. Yeah. Thank you so much. And then just as some background at Young Arts, um, we identify exceptional young artists. Uh, we amplify their potential and we invest in their lifelong creative freedom. And so I think, you know, the one commonality that I see amongst all the organizations that we work with is we really are envisioning a world that embraces artists as vital to our humanity. And um, I'm going to start, Derek, with you. Uh, we are seeing so many artists like you, um, our friend Titus Kafar, Kahinde Wiley, starting these residencies because I think there's such a need for places for artists to um, have time, have space, have community, um, connect, as you were saying, and honestly have that, have that space for experimentation, um, which is very, I think, hard to find and infrequently given. Uh, but you know, Derek, you're very busy. <laughs> you have a, you have a full artistic practice. Um, you are a mentor to so many younger artists. You teach at Brooklyn College. You know, I want to know what we can do as, um, you know, as philanthropists, as institutions, um, as patrons to support the work that you are doing at this residency so that it is just, uh, you know, not, you know, like I said, I, I don't know how you do it yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so give us, give us some ideas of, of what we can do to help support you as you're supporting these artists. Well, you know, part of the whole structure of, of the last resort and all the other entities under charm city is to kind of establish some level of uh, stability within these organizations that they can operate, uh, without me. That's the focus without my presence, without me being a spokesperson, and right now we're we're setting up um, structure with a lot of younger people who are working in Baltimore from Baltimore to kind of establish the operating structure for the Last Resort, which is one of the three that's um, that is more advanced in production and organizing than the other two, which are the Black Baltimore Digital Database. We just hired executive director and a program director, and Zora's Den, which is the uh, um, a group of uh, black women writers and workshops and publishing. Um, so those things are just ongoing. Support is always important because what we do as an um, organization is we just use the benef the money that's given to us to, uh, to channel it back into the community and to help other younger and more mature artists who have not gotten an exposure in Baltimore and beyond we also are interested in communion, so it's not just for Baltimore creatives, but people who would like to come to Baltimore for a month long for the residency 
and engage in the cultural um, um, structure and the dynamic uh, um, um, history of the city. That's the focus. But, you know, donations are always accepted. We appreciate any support. We've gotten some support, but, you know, there's always more because we hope to hire a full-time staff by the time that the, um, that the space opens officially in the spring, as well as uh, we're in the pro uh, process of um, constructing the, scope, the, the studio spaces on the property. That's the next step that we're actually in right now. So any support um, is definitely uh, uh, appreciated. And um, we are now, you know, we have a, a website um, from the last resort artist retreat. Um, you can go in there. We have um, a giving campaign where there's uh, offerings for different levels of support that we hope that people will share it. We did a launch on Giving Tuesday. It's ongoing until we open. But right now we have an executive director in place and we're moving forward to hiring a program director and a facilities manager. So those things are definitely still in the works and are needed support. Awesome. Um, Jackie, I think it's so great that you're here um, to talk about CCA because I would love to hear if you see a difference between residencies in Europe and in the United States and, you know, what, what the differences are, what the similarities are and, um, and how you look at that, the differences in the ecosystems. Well, um, that's actually a good question. Um, I believe, um, our residency is a private residency. So we are completely privately funded. We don't have, uh, as I imagine many others here in the States. Um, in, in Europe, and especially in Spain, um, many cultural institutions receive uh, public funding, but that also means that they have to attach to certain uh, programs or to certain um, rules, in a way. And uh, the owners of, or uh, the founders of uh, CCA, they wanted to feel very free and not only them feel, feel free, but also uh, given the artists the freedom to decide what they want to do. And uh, they decided to not uh, apply for fundings, for public fundings, so to be able to give uh, the artists this opportunity. So far, of course, um, all help is always welcome. And uh, it's not easy to, um, to deal with, this, uh, with the residency program uh, and the residency program so bravely in this way especially for Europe in, uh, in this sense. But, um, but it gives, uh, as I say, it gives the, um, the freedom to the artist to decide what they want to do. And uh, that's the most important thing in the end, for, at least for us. And um, so far, the program has been work, or the, the center has been surviving in a way. It's been, uh, we made it 21 years already. So, by, as I said before, the artists give, leave a work um, that we are able to, to exhibit, at least one work that, that, uh, that we were able to exhibit, to show, uh, and then to sell, so that the program keeps on refunding itself. So, with the help of the former one, we can help the, the, the next one. So, it's um, in this way, I don't know if that's so much different as the ones in the States. I don't know if you do this kind of... Um, yeah, it's similar. I mean, yeah. it really has to do with just, again, funding and support. And, um, I, you know, there are, you know, like Rauschenberg and other residencies that are more, um, have their own source of funding, um, more so, or Joe Mitchell Foundation, 
most other foundations, which like what I'm trying to accomplish or Kehinde Wiley or Diasa Gates um, has a very uh, much focus on public and the community. So I think funding is coming from so many different places for programming, because I think that's the central part of what we're trying to do is not only um, give artists spaces to be creative and have space to uh, relax, but also um, community engagement is essential. And that's where the public funding is very necessary to make uh, these uh, ideas come to life in a good way. You know, I mean, I think the idea also with the public private, the public part of the foundation structure really gives a certain level of accountability to the organization as well as the community and the public funder. So uh, it's solely two, I mean, do two different relationships. I think most artists would probably do private <laughs> if they could, you know, sustain that um, structure, but it usually happens usually within the artist's estate, you know, in that passing um, artists are somehow based on all of the commitment and, and market structure in place. They're able to kind of, use their resources for selling art, selling their own art um, and auctioning their own art to pay for the operational structure of their uh, foundations. Just one question, but are you using this uh, public fund for um, to be able to invite the artists to the residency or is it more for the activities that you, uh, that you develop during the, well, the residencies? Um, Just to know. Well, right now we're, uh, because we don't, we're not open, And a lot of the funding we've received has been more for, un, been unrestricted. So what we've tried to do is bring in the community to give us guidance on what they think this space should be. Like how, what kind of function they think this space should occupy for artists or creative people. So for the past year, we've just been brainstorming. So the funding that we received have gone towards structuring the place. And What's been so great about that is that most of the things we've tried to do at the space has been more casual, but intentional. So I think that a lot of the support we've gotten um, publicly has been to help us push that uh, forward. Um, because I think that the way I envision um, the foundation and the, and the residency is very um, informal and informal engagement. So it's not super like structured. So That's the only challenge I feel uh, for funding is that um, the structure of the residency, because it's a retreat, we're not trying to over-program things to make um, an outcome. We're not trying to, we're not asking artists for art. We don't want any art. We don't want nothing. I want you to leave. I want the room to be completely empty. <clears throat> I want the studio to be completely empty and I want to move on. You don't have to make anything if you don't want to. I believe that a real art practice is Realizing that you're always making art, you have to physically make art to make art, and you're always making art. So that's what our philosophy is at the last resort. And we talk about that with artists come, like you're making art right now. Like we're making art, artists right here. It's not physical, but it's in your head and it will be physical. So I believe that I want to I want to promote that part of the art practice that I don't think is promoted as much because I think that the, as a younger generation of artists are developing they are dealing with the idea of being productive and they believe being productive means producing an object. And I don't think that that's being productive if you're not being thoughtful 
and what is being created. So I think that having moments of um, reflection, moments of uh, conversation with other people who have somewhat of an um, understanding of where you're coming from, um, brainstorming with those people will generate a better, better work of art, will generate a better art practice. You know, um, and I'm an artist who's very prolific in my practice. And I also realize that when I'm not making art in my studio, I'm making art, you know. I think something that we all believe in and that it is becoming um, more and more evident is really vital for the um, survival of the arts ecosystem is collaboration. And I would love to discuss um, one, some dream collaborations that you might have for your organization. And then two, you know, what you feel the most current needs are for artists, for the arts ecosystem that could potentially be addressed by collaborations amongst organizations, amongst community groups, amongst, um, you know, other spaces and, uh, and how that can solve those needs. Um, we do a lot of collaboration at 21C, both on a national level and then individually in each of the communities where we are. Um, so on a, you know, a brand level, we co collaborated with Creative Time, with Four Freedoms, who are also here, um, with a number of refugee ministries, with the ACLU, uh, and, and on an individual level in each city where we are, whether it's Cincinnati, Chicago, Louisville, Lexington, um, it's really part of the mission to reach out to cultural and civic organizations in those cities and and try to address what they perceive their, the needs of the community to be through the lens of the arts. Because 21C is really committed to believing that artists are first responders to any issue and should be at every table, particularly around um, questions about where a city is going, what is happening, how can we change things. We The last two and a half years have highlighted so many different kinds of crises, and we are trying to create safe spaces and engaged spaces for people to start having those kinds of conversations. So on a local level, uh, you know, we also have a program called Elevate at 21C, where we are showcasing artworks, installations, programs, performances with local artists in each of those cities, um, and also installing their work in dedicated spaces, both inside and outside the buildings, um, because we want to extend the conversations into public space. So um, that is really, you know, at the heart of what we do. We're constantly looking for uh, partners and, um, you know, we don't have strict parameters around what kinds of organizations we want to work with. They don't have to be art centric. We have an ongoing uh, collaboration with the Southern Foodways Alliance, which is a great organization um, where we commission an artist every year to do um, an installation at their conference, which is speaking about um, American society and politics and history through the lens of food. We bring an artist whose voice or vision needs to be part of that conversation um, and you know, allow them to make whatever 
whatever they want. Um, the work that is made through many of these programs or that's showcased um, not, isn't necessarily part of the collection. It's on loan. And I should have mentioned that we do actively borrow and loan. Um, but if, pe- if somebody coming to, the, to stay um, is interested in the work, we put them together with that artist or their gallery. 21C doesn't get involved in the commercial part of the transaction. Um, but we want to see, we want to create platforms for artists to grow their careers and to engage with making change, um, which is so, so important right now. So um, we as, um, as a cultural center, we, um, we of course address different in, in different levels, but mainly um, we want to collaborate with the local community. That's the first base. It's um, our neighbors. It's our uh, people living in front of us. So, of course, we want to, to collaborate it, uh, with, uh, with the social uh, institutions in our neighborhood or the cultural as well. On another level, we're also a gallery. So we're part of the cultural life of the island, uh, which is quite uh, active. Yep, sorry. It's uh, quite an active uh, cultural life. We have uh, two of the galleries are active are actually here taking part in the art fair from Mallorca. So uh, we're part of the uh, gallery association. Uh, This means that uh, we collaborate with all the galleries, um, exchanging ideas, uh, exchanging or creating together programs that might uh, help not only us as galleries, but also the artists and the cultural life in the the island uh, benefit from uh, from these collaborations. And then we also collaborate with other um, residencies. We exchange ideas, of course. We, uh, we invite other uh, artists uh, to take part in, in other residencies to, to come to our residency and other, uh, the other way around. Because uh, we believe that in this exchange, uh, we can... Wow, that's louder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's quite loud. Can you hear us? Can you? What is, what is that? <laughs> it's rain, right? Do we get a true Miami moment here? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, so, um, as I said, we believe that in this uh, exchange, there, will, there can always be a, a moment for enriching. Um, and then on another level, uh, we also collaborate and with, uh, with other uh, partners or with other um, institutions or like in this case with an art fair. It's our first time actually to collaborate with an art fair to make this prize, this residency prize. We're really excited, not only because uh, it, it has been uh, given us the chance to, to meet many, um, many positions that we wouldn't be able to, to meet back, back home, but of course it gives us uh, the chance to, to spread the word about, about us. Um, we come from the other side of the Atlantic, so uh, being here is it's it's an opportunity for us to connect and to uh, yeah, especially to connect you know, with this uh, with this other uh, scene from from here. And uh, we've uh, we've actually enforced this connection uh, by giving the the residency uh, prize, which was announced uh, yesterday, to a very young artist from Mexico City, a very talented art- artist. Um, whose, uh, whose name is uh, Wendy Cabrera Rubio. And she's uh, working here with uh, Paul. Yeah, he's coming uh, from General Expenses, which is also, uh, 
recent openly uh, gallery from Mexico City. So we've already received artists from Mexico in this case, or, or from Mexico City, but uh, given this uh, price opportunity will will enhance, I'm sure it will, um, it will help us also not to, to create those bound, uh, those um, bound, not boundaries, sorry, those uh, connections. No? No. For me, uh, <clears throat> collaboration is kind of in my DNA. Um, even if I didn't want it to be, um, I kind of came into art, working at a nonprofit, very young, I, you know, ran a gallery for 13 years, a nonprofit gallery in Chelsea that showcased a lot of artists. Most who are well-known now, but at the time were not really recognized or <clears throat> in the art world um, as they are now. So, and, and at that particular time, the idea of commerce was not an issue or a possibility with selling work. So my job as a curatorial director was to do programming and programming was really helping artists with professional development and exhibiting that work and installing that work. And um, and I think that experience that I had uh, running that space, uh, which was called Rush Arts Gallery, it was in Chelsea. It was like the third gallery in Chelsea, opened in 1996. Um, when, you know, there was nothing else really in Chelsea, you know, it was just these three spaces. I think it was Dia, um, uh, Green F. Tally, and I think another... Um, Bill Hodges Gallery. <clears throat> Those were the three galleries in Chelsea and Rush Arts Gallery uh, made four. Um, so there was a small community. And from there, I learned just the idea of like using your network and certain things like that. I remember like borrowing furniture from Green F. Tally that they had in the basement because they owned the building. So I would borrow my desk and my chair from Green F. Tally because they had nice furniture. We did not. Um, so I just thought about the benefits starting from that time and being very uh, mindful of your network and being mindful of the people around you as also being a resource in some ways in this collective endeavor of building community. So from that experience for 13 years, leaving uh, that position in 2009, while still making my work the whole time and going to graduate school, I just learned that, you know, you can accomplish so many more things uh, within the community of people who believe in what you believe in than trying to take on a lot of responsibility yourself. And I was fortunate enough as I matured as an artist and established my, myself in my practice that I continue to, um, to keep some of those um, very great qualities that I had um, obtained as a curator director. Now, you know, as a, trustee on the board of Young Arts, also on the board at Project for Empty Space, um, on the board for Participant Inc., um, and on the board of UB Blake Cultural Arts Center in Baltimore. I'm really interested in the idea of just bringing people together and using resources to support creative practice. So it's way more beneficial. And actually, it's, it's, more, it's more organizing, yes. But the benefits of collaborating with other organizations um, is way more uh, beneficial in the, in the final um, outcome because you realize that you did it with other people. And that, you know, being the only one 
And I think that's one of the reasons why my peers, a lot of them create residencies because they don't want to be the only one. They don't want to be, we can easily just take our money, you know, whatever we, whatever people do with it, like some artists do, we feel that's not enough. And so we decide to create these spaces where other artists can actually benefit from some of the things that we've created and also position themselves in a way that they can also do these things if they want to do it. But I don't think that artists should have to do it. I don't think that some artists are just built for those types of relationships. And I think those types of artists, including myself, feel compelled to do these things based on the experiences they've had with being helped and being supported. So it's really just passing things along. But I found in the past year or so, as I started The Last Resort and other and the other larger nonprofit, that working with other organizations for fundraising or just visibility is so beneficial, you know, because as a nonprofit, you know, when you do events, you're on the, in the spotlight and it feels good to pull someone else in the spotlight um, because it also takes off of you too. You know, it takes the stress off of you being in the spotlight. And, um, and I think that's a good model to, to embrace um, because I think it's going to level out in some ways and and the resources will just um, come to you, um, maybe not in um, in the way that you um, have in your mind, your your the fantastical mind. But I think that little bit at a little bit at a time really also helps a lot with fundraising. And I think that I learned a model that was not that long ago. I heard someone say like you do like these small things. I was in Baltimore and I was talking to a development person, and she said, "I want to help you. I'm going to." We're gonna do a friend raiser. I was like, "What's that?" She was like, "It's a friend raiser. It's like a soft, you know, soft sell, inviting people over to the residency for lunch. Not talking about um, fundraising. Not talking about asking for money. Just making them aware of what you're doing, and then following up with them in some ways that may benefit you." But I'm like, I feel like a friend raiser is my real model, like forever. Not even just for that thing. Like I. I'm really bad at asking for stuff, but I'm really good at uh, speaking on the things that I'm in need of, you know? So I think having partners and collaborating with people who can speak in ways that you feel uncomfortable speaking or ways that you're not as experienced in speaking is definitely a good um, structure to kind of put in place as you start to do these types of things. That's great. So I want to shift directions a little bit and start talking about audiences because in order to have a healthy arts ecosystem, you have to think about who is experiencing the art and who is engaging with the art and with the artists. Um, so Alice, your work is committed to expanding audience for contemporary art and taking it really beyond the traditional spaces that we think about. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your approach and kind of what some of your goals are in thinking about the future? Well, we have... I have the benefit of audiences in 10 different cities across the U.S. And I am constantly surprised and encouraged by how deeply interested people are in challenging contemporary art. Um, oftentimes people will say to me, 
oh, what is your audience like in Oklahoma City? Or what is your audience like in North Carolina or Tennessee? And people make a lot of assumptions about the perspectives of people living outside of major metropolitan areas. Um, we are in Chicago, um, and that city has been wonderful um, and embraced us really, really nicely. And I find there's a really strong community there. Um, maybe it's much more... Um, holistic and tight than New York seems to be to me, but not that we wouldn't want to be in, in New York city. Um, but I would say, you know, I don't think, uh, so I think, I don't think about the audience when curating, I think about the art and the artist's vision and centering that and making sure that the exhibitions are articulate um, they are physically accessible, of course, because they're free and open to the public. They're trying to get rid of, um, you know, any kind of cost impediment to experiencing the art, but also kind of the velvet rope. So we want to make, we're trying to create spaces that are welcoming and exhibitions that, articu that are articulate. So no matter whether you come in with a lot of knowledge about what you're looking at or whether this is entirely new to you, um, that you can find something, you can pull a thread. I think that's very important when you're curating. Um, so I, you know, sometimes um, I tell the, the team um, if there's apprehension about, you know, a challenging work of art or what is what someone perceives to be challenging, I say, listen, we have too much respect for the public to predict how they're going to react. And that is really proven to be true. Um, people will su surprise you. And so we center the art and the artists in their voice and their vision. Um, and that's what I really think my job is. That's great. Um, Derek and Jackie, what are your considerations in thinking about expanding audiences and engagement in art? Expanding audiences. <laughs> That's a, that's a broad concept. Huh? <laughs> so um, going back to uh, what you were referring before, I agree with you that um, every exhibition and every um, yeah, residency as well uh, must be uh, attractive and must be um, at least inspiring. And uh, coming to CCA, we're located, I don't know if, uh, if I mentioned that, I, we're located in the middle of the mountains. So you don't just pass through it. You have to come and visit us. And uh, this gives us the, the attention, um, but also the, a public, uh, an audience which has uh, some quality and some interest in what, in what uh, they want to visit and what they want to see. Um, that also gives us the opportunity of making their visit to CCA as an experience. They, they can spend many hours with us. It's quite a big uh, place. And, um, and not only visiting the art, the, the art exhibitions, but also visiting and meeting the artists. And that is something which for many visitors that we receive is the first time they, they can experience that. Uh, it's the first time maybe they can even enter an artist studio. They can talk directly with the artist to, uh, to create a dialogue in what they've been uh, creating. And um, many times these artists are, of course, inspired by the nature surrounding so the visitor is also uh, seeing directly in person what the artist has been inspired of. So it's not some, uh, some topic which is uh, so abstract uh, that they cannot uh, refer to, but of course uh, they can see this nature just, uh, just be before their, their eyes. 
And uh, this quality um, is also very much appreciated by the, uh, by, by the visitors. So we, as you mentioned, we don't uh, lose the respect or dis uh, misrespect them by thinking that uh, it's for granted what they are going to experience and what they're going to think. But uh, for sure, it's been, um, it's, it's going to be surprising. The visit that when they come to, yeah, when they come to CCA, for sure, it's going to be an exciting experience. And uh, this is very rewarding in, in a way. Yeah. I mean, when, I, when I really think about um, audience and how to connect, you know, as an artist, you know, you spend your career or the time of your career establishing your audience through your practice, the things you put out in the world. Um, it's kind of like uh, antennas that attract certain people who understand what your work is about. But as a person or individual creating a foundation, you, you do that also, but you also have to be really aware of audience and different types of audiences and also establishing um, the many ways to connect with people um, based on things that you, or you may or may not necessarily have access to or have had access to culturally. So it's a different, totally different, I think, um, as an artist, as you work mostly um, independently um, in your studio, and then is, is the other way when you have a foundation, you work outside in, as, as an artist, you work inside out. So it's definitely a lot of challenges, but I find being on the board, uh, going to my um, friends, nonprofit galas, I've learned a lot. Like when I go there, like I'm looking like how the table's set up, how people are walking into the room, where, you know, when I go to like, there's a great, you know, when I go to like, for instance, my really good friend, Dustin Yellen, who's around here today um, at Pioneer Works, when I go there, I'm going there to enjoy my time there, but I'm also going there to like look around and like, what can I do? Maybe I can alter this. Maybe I like that. You know, when I'm at Young Arts Benefits, I'm thinking about certain things. When I'm at other uh, benefits with my friends are organizing, I'm, all, I'm enjoying myself, but I'm also using, taking it as an opportunity to, um, to take, you know, take note um, and to uh, take note on things that I can incorporate in a way of communicating because I think there's a level of relational aesthetics uh, when you're organizing people and organizing things for people that you should not solely just um, rely on your own uh, experiences or your own um, desire of what you want it to be. Like, I feel like running a foundation is very different than being an artist. Because as an artist, I'm like, this is how it's going to be. I don't care what you have to say. Get out of here. I'm like that in my studio, you know. But as a foundation, you're like, mm, I, let me sit with that. Let me think about that. You know, even, even if you want to say, get out of here. I don't want to hear that. You can't say that. You got to be like, okay, let me think on that. You know, you know that's a good you know, you have to be a little bit more um, communal in a way that really, really challenges most artists. Because I think that most artists, uh, at a certain point, when they're able to have a, a foundation, is based solely on what they personally have put into place to be in a position to even establish those things. And so there's a certain level of ego involved in working your way all the way up to a place that you can actually think about a foundation. And then going back you have to almost kind of like go back when you become more of this group where you are the leader, but you can't really be the leader. You know what I'm saying? You want to be, but you really can't. 
because, you know, you're part of this group. So you have to listen to what people are saying and be very um, generous with understanding people's strengths and weaknesses. And as a leader, you have to, you know, more so now than ever, you have to just focus on people's strengths when you're working in a big group and position them in ways that they can fail. Because, you know, at one time, people, people are hired to do a job or be a part of this group. They're bringing audiences and they would just have to, you know, learn how to do it. But I think that now for me, it's about identifying personalities, identifying experiences beyond what's on paper and realize, you know, this is this is the kind of position you should have here because you're very outgoing. You're not very detailed, but you're a good person to welcome people into what we're doing. So it's like a whole other thing that brings the audience that is not really about one person's vision on what the audience should be or look like or anything. And to me, I feel like that's a very vulnerable place to be in. And it's good sometimes, but sometimes it's not, you know? Yeah. Um, I just want to say, I agree with you, Derek, that feedback is really important. Uh, and one of the you know markers of what I think feels like success or having a bigger impact is that we are getting much more feedback, um, both from hotel guests who fill out surveys, for example, but also feedback from the public who are coming into our spaces and that people seem to feel more and more that they can have that, they can give us that feedback, whether it's positive or, or, or negative or somewhere in between. And certainly in recent years, that's, we've had an increasing amount of feedback that's helped me think more, hopefully more thoughtfully about how we approach the work that we're presenting. Because, you know, you, you really want to be able to have a, you want to have a conversation with the community and you want to, that's, that's really the goal. So I, I agree with you that feedback is important. And, um, you know, just want to also share that, uh, 21C has been around now for 16 years and, uh, that's long enough that I've had multiple young people, people now in their, you know, mid late twenties tell me that coming into a 21C and seeing, you know, and for, this is just one example, a Kehinde Wiley painting in their town and in their space made such an impact on them. And that they, I've had three or four people tell me that they went into the arts, either as an artist or an arts writer, because they saw themselves reflected in the work and knew that they could be a part of that. And um, that kind of feedback is the best kind. We don't, that's not, we don't always get that. Um, but, you know, th that's the kind of feedback that really inspires me because if, if we can, you know, inspire people, young people to go out there and do things in their community and maybe even become artists and feel that they can be a part of this world um, because that, that's still, you know, a big challenge. So um, before I open it up to the group for questions, do any of you have anything that you would like to say or feel like we've missed? Not really. I mean, I subscribe a lot of what you uh, of what you both have been saying about the feedback. Um, as I mentioned before, I believe as well that uh, with this feedback and with this uh, exchange and uh, collaboration and cooperation, uh, you can enrich very much the the program. You see other people's um, visions and uh, other. You get f different feedbacks to uh, to enrich. Um, but also to create synergies no? in between the different parts 
And uh, if you can become like the melting uh, pot or the, the hub for all these uh, different impacts and different uh, feedbacks, I think we can be, we can all be very satisfied with our work, no? And I think, I love that. I think something all of you touched on at one point was coming into communities and rather than, you know, saying this is, this is who we are, this is what we do, this is what we're giving you, to listen to the communities about what they need um, and really be open to that feedback um, and, and, and hearing about, you know, what the people that you're working with need the most. It's hard. I mean, it's really hard too, you know? Because, like, when you're creating something that you want to present to people, to the community, you're thinking, you know, you have your vision, you have your idea, and feedback um, is essential, but you also want to make sure that your structure and your ideas are still very much uh, carved out. And, you know, it's so interesting to hear, um, you know, because audience, the feedback is coming from an audience member. So those things are really uh, interesting. And as an artist, you know, we ha for me, I'm temperamental. So when I'm thinking about all the things I'm working hard on creating and someone has feedback, my first instinct, and I laugh because I talk to people all the time, is like, well, why don't you make do that for yourself? You know, once you create your own nonprofit and do exactly what you're saying I should be doing, that's like the first trigger thing to say what you don't say. Uh, I learned you don't say that anymore. That used to be what people could say. But you can't do that anymore. That's like ableist language. You have to say, oh, I'll think about that. I'll, that's something to think about. And that's really important because we're thinking about the future and we're thinking about the creatives in the future and what we're doing is going to be left to them. So it's important that they have a say-so in the structure of the way things are going. But it's definitely, definitely a challenge when you're in the midst of working very hard on something, developing something to allow feedback to come in when you're still trying to figure out are really trying to keep intact your vision that you don't want to be compromised. And I think that to me is a challenge and it's a very humbling experience constantly because, you know, the younger the people, the younger the audience, the more opinions they have. And just in general, like young people have so much opinions. They won't say how to do it, but they'll tell you what should be done. You know, so I always ask them all the time. I say, okay, if you like this, like that idea, how much you write down how you think you can achieve those things, you know? And then I'll be like, am I going to get paid for that? <laughs> you know, so it's like all those things, you know? But I love it. I love it. That's awesome. So, Derek, I just, I just say, in those situations, I just say, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah, tell me more. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, would anybody in the audience, uh, does anybody have any questions or thoughts they would like to share? If you can come here and ask the question, that would be great. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I want to ask about the residency in uh, Baltimore. Is it, is it, as a place of rest and respite, is it a place that you come and you stay for months? Is it a, a place you can come for a week? Is there a, is there a minimum amount of time where, you, where you're welcome to come to rest, to make, to whatever that might look like for someone's practice? Well, well, the, the, the set structure right now within uh, the programming of the residency, um, the homestead that we call the property um, is for one month stay for four individuals. 
Um, and it's an eight-bedroom uh, property. So um, in four of the rooms, which are the other four rooms are going to be pretty much open, those are for um, visitors who may be in town, um, somewhat related to some of the concepts that we're doing, could be beneficial to the, the residents who are staying there. They can stay for the weekend. They can stay. Those, those are rotating rooms that, um, that exist um, in the space. But the goal is while the, the four recipients are there, they'll receive um, um, assistance and uh, structuring maybe their lives. They'll talk to financial invest advisors. Uh, we'll have some holistic therapy happening there, some, um, some financial um, support, you know, conversation about even tax-related things. That's what we're in the middle of establishing now within the system of Baltimore and the people who are also um, our collaborators. We're right now engaging with uh, building a community of support system for the artists or the individuals who come there. So we'll talk about like, what's your five-year plan? You know, what's your financial um, um, uh, system? How can you develop certain things? We're really trying to create a space that you leave feeling a sense of relief and focus in a way that you did not come. I think a lot of young people once they start becoming more visible and established and start uh, receiving support, they kind of lose track of some of the kind of more sustainable parts of uh, their uh, humanity, which is like kind of anchoring yourself because once it kind of takes off sometimes, it really, really, really gets away from you. So we're trying to bring people back. So it's really more of a meditative space um, along with the studios that are going to be small, kind of like, um, like little, little cubicle not cues, but cubicle, but more fake container uh, spaces and on the property for the four um, individuals who are there. But we're encouraging them not to make art. But if you want to go in there to hide or whatever, you want to work on some things, you can. But if you want to have an open studio, you can. There's only going to be one artist. So if you want to have an open studio, we can organize that with the support of the museum, which we are also um, been working with a lot, uh, the, B the BMA and other institutions. We've been working with chefs in Baltimore, hiring them to come in to the house to make experiences for the guests we've, we've had come there. We have people from the Schomburg who've come there to stay from other museums, archivists who are working on projects uh, related to Baltimore or the DMV area. We really have been having people come in to build a foundation, but ultimately when we start the residency, the four participants will have the space. And, um, and an extension of the, it's about an acre of property. So we've, we've figured out how to, to uh, take a section of the property to make a, um, a public entrance that uh, we can um, open up to uh, the public to, um, to come daily. We're gonna change it to a sculpture garden. So we're gonna put sculpture and painting and a bunch of other things from artists. And we're gonna also create a programming for younger people to come and operate that part of the property as a job, as a summer job, um, to give tours, talking about the art, you know, those things. Also uh, having lectures and stuff in the area. So we're thinking about how to activate the space in a way that it could be a private experience for the residents that, you know, where they could just be by themselves as they want to be, but also um, they can be a part of the, the larger community by just going through the gate. And the larger community could be in the public space and have an experience with art in the community that would not in any way jeopardize the safety 
or the experience of the residents. So. Thank you. Any other questions? Okay, well, I want to thank everybody again for being here and thank the panelists so much for your insight, for the wonderful work that you do to support the ecosystem. Thank you for your patience as we battle the wind and rain here. I know. Wow. <laughs> I know. Uh, don't tell me, <laughs> mistress. And I'll turn it over to Clara to close us out. Well, thank you again, Sarah, Alice, Derek, Jackie. Thank you so much for, for today's panel. Thank you also to all the audience. I invite you as well to check all the Untitled Art podcasts online through our website. And well, we already know some of the winners of the prizes. Uh, the last resort retreat residency prize went to, went, uh, to um, Lorena Torres from SGR Galleria. So thank you. It's going to be a superb opportunity for uh, these Colombian artists. The CCA Andras Artist in Residency Prize went to Wendy Cabrera from General Expenses, a super emergent Mexican uh, galleries. So again, thank you very much. And I hope that you also enjoy uh, this year's edition of Untitled Art.